0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work.
2: And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney, and I'm once again joined by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. We also have our Arrowhead Pride podcast producer, Steve Serta, in the house. This is a a special episode uh, of the Editor's Show because we actually have the game coming up. Usually, we are reacting to something that happened the day before, but I think rightfully so. It's called the game of the year. The 8-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles visit the seven and two Kansas City Chiefs tonight uh, from Arrowhead Stadium in what is the conclusion of week 11 in the NFL. And this will be a unique show, right? Because we don't have a ton of new Chiefs news. This game uh, is coming up ahead. So we're going to have a, a round table with three of us to chat about what we're expecting in tonight's game. And I first want to just pass along some general feelings uh, about the game before we dive into the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, so on and so forth. Uh, the morning uh, game for me, like in the bye, uh, going into the bye, the one in Germany at 830, and then you have a week off and then you don't play until Monday night. This to me has felt like almost like an Olympic break in hockey where they all go and play in the Olympics or the <laughs> World Cup. Like It just seems like it's taken forever. For the next Chiefs game uh, to come, and and for one that is so anticipated, uh, it's it's added a, a unique feel, I think, to to this game. It, it, it's been a long while, it feels like. And uh, John, uh, to me, I'm looking at this game, and I just feel like it has to matter a little bit more to Philadelphia, right? This is a Super Bowl rematch. They're the team that lost. This organization has never beaten Andy Reid. I think about that Denver game uh, a few weeks ago where Kansas City went to to Denver and they hadn't won in years and years and years. And that game is always going to matter more. So I just think generally, before we dive into the details of what we think is going to happen on the field, I think Kansas City is going to have to match that energy, which is tough to do. Just considering uh, this one feels like it, it, it naturally will matter more to the Philadelphia Eagles, John
1: well i I agree, but I'm not sure that the difference is as much as we were talking about against the Broncos. Um, you know, a sixteen game losing streak to a team in your division right that's a that's a big hill to be up on top of uh, to be knocked off of. And um I, I'm not sure this game is quite there. I agree though that the eagles have more motivation to win this game than the chiefs do on that basis but on you know on the other hand um you know we got andy Reid and the bye and i I think the chiefs have got a lot of motivation in this game too i i just i I think that you're making a good point about uh the motivations the eagles have though I, I, i you made that point in Uh, your prediction for this game, which I just saw a few minutes ago. And, uh, (laughs) and I, and I think that was a good one, a good point to make um, that the Eagles from the Eagles side of this, um, this is more of a revenge game than it is a rematch for the Chiefs.
2: Yeah. I just think Kansas City's going to have to match that intensity and execution, not to say that they can't, but that's just a difficult thing to, to do. You mentioned the Andy Reid point. I, I thought this was interesting, Steve, and I'll get your general feelings on this matchup here, but uh, Andy Reid has never lost to the Chiefs when he was the head coach of the Eagles, and he has never lost to the Eagles as head coach of the Chiefs. He always wins. <laughs> Andy Reid always wins the Andy Reid Bowl. Do you, do you think that uh, he will uh, continue that success tonight?
0: <laughs> I mean, if we're supposed to believe everything the Eagles players have said all offseason, then there's not a chance the Chiefs win this game because it's on real grass. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh no. yeah, here we go. Yeah,
0: it'll be slick, though. <laughs> yeah, Oh, no, just just so happens that the weather is terrible today. In Those people that aren't local, um, it's going to be raining tonight. Probably it's going to be windy. It's going to be cold. But um, I, I think 15 days is too much time. Uh, to have to think about a game like this because I've seen Chiefs fans doing it I've been doing it I've just been going back and forth like you know early at the start of last week I was like I'm picking the Eagles I I just think that they're set up better right now I think things are working a little bit better and they're just a really really talented football team and as the week went on I was like yeah but Andy Reid and the Mm -hmm. bye week and everything that he does and you know the Chiefs are still looking for that Season defining offensive performance where they really turn a corner. And there's just so many different storylines in this game. Um, I'm hopeful that it's just a really, really good football game, whether it's the Eagles that win or whether it's the Chiefs that win. I'm just hopeful that we get something that's the same like caliber of product that we got in the Super Bowl because that was an, um, an incredible game. And I think these two teams are really evenly matched, even though they're both quite a bit different than they were in last year's Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I, I,
0: you know, I think
1: I think Go Steve's ahead. making a really good point here. I, I saw someone make a point the other day that I hadn't really fully considered because the last Chiefs game was in Europe and began at eight thirty in the morning. There are teams that have played three games since the right. last time the Chiefs played. You know, going from a Sunday morning game to a Monday evening game. That's there's a lot of things that have happened in that's this a, league.
2: That's the <laughs> biggest break uh as possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at You look around the AFC West, uh, suddenly it seems like the Chargers and Raiders are not going to even smell the playoffs, and the Broncos Mm -hmm. win a big game last night. They're back to five and five. You know, I was one of these people, and I'll tell you now, I I thought the Broncos were dead and buried, and they suddenly seem like they're a team that has life and can maybe sneak in uh, to the postseason. And, you know, you watched the Buffalo Bills last night. They seem rejuvenated, where I think everybody was writing them off, and uh, it gets interesting here in the AFC. I want to I want to dive into the details of this game. We're going to do a little bit of a roundtable, defensive side, offensive side, and then we'll make some picks here. But before we do, just a note, uh, John. Richie James was finally activated. You know, at, yep. in in mm-hmm. these past few days, and I'm curious to to hear what you think. I I don't know if he fits in right now. I, I mean, there were some rumblings around the trade deadline. It seemed like the Chiefs were trying to see if there was interest elsewhere. I know that some folks have pointed to the James uh, activation and just assume uh, that he's going to be active tonight, but I, I tend to think there's a chance that he might be inactive, like a healthy inactive, because I, I think when you're injured and you go get a returner, and all indications from Dave Tobe are saying that McCole Hardman is going to re- remain the returner, uh, is there room for a seventh or or eighth wide receiver here? I'm, I'm just curious to see uh, the inactives, because I, I wonder about James and, and whether or not he'll, he'll even be up, as they say.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair question, and I think you can make the point that he won't be uh, fully acclimatized. But on the other hand, um, he's been a full participant in practice for two weeks, and they haven't activated him, and they probably right. could have at any point during that time, mm-hmm. and chose to wait until after the buy. Um, giving him every opportunity to get, you know, fully on board and apparently he wasn't hurt that badly. I mean, I think he's been in pretty good physical shape ever since those conversations were going on about the possibility of trading him. And I, 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 I'm not sure that the chiefs didn't want him. I just thought that maybe he was the guy they thought they could afford to lose the least and they wanted to get some of their capital back is the way I looked at it. Um, I, you know, I made the point I was on a radio show this morning and I made the point that, um, you know, we don't really know what Richie James can do when he's wearing a red right. and gold uniform. Um, he was hurt in the first weeks of the season. Right. And uh, so we don't really know what he can do and there times I,
2: at, at training camp where he looked pretty good. Yeah, like, I, I don't exactly.
1: know. Exactly. Yeah. And and I and I wonder if the Chiefs might be rolling him out there tonight and putting him in a role that the Eagles don't expect. There's no tape on him with the Chiefs. Yes. They don't have any idea what he
2: could do. He and would be just, that proverbial curveball where Yeah. You yeah. put him on the field. There's no there's no tape. Everything would be uh, unscouted in a way Steve. You think Richie James is up tonight?
0: I think I'm with you Pete where I think He's, I'd be kind of shocked if he's active tonight. Yeah. Cause I feel like McCall yeah. is the return guy. And, and I, I, I would kind of be annoyed if they kind of deploy him <laughs> in the offense. And like, yeah. they're like, well, we spent the bye week designing things for Richie James. Like, <laughs> do that for Darius Tony. Like, yeah, would, it would be, would it would be
2: annoyed. quite the pivot. Yeah, in in recent weeks and recent days, they have kind of said that they're easing Kadarius Tony back a little bit to make sure he stays healthy throughout the season. I am curious to see how they use him out of the bye week. We had mentioned for weeks that the bye is usually a a point where Andy Reid sort of draws a line in the sand and says, Okay, what, what can we do better here? So I do expect some changes on offense tonight but let's start with the chiefs defense. This is a round table here. We're each going to have one point uh, as to uh, what we expect and, and what we think is the key to the game. The chiefs defense has been the reason that they're seven and two, the reason that they're in uh, this position to, if they win out, you know, if you win the rest of your games, you're going to be the AFC by uh, Steve, let's start with you on the defensive side of the ball. What are you watching tonight?
0: Um, I, I think the most important thing here tonight is going to be LeJarius Sneed and how he matches up with AJ Brown. Um, you know the Eagles still have a really good rushing attack, and they can really kind of run the ball against anybody whenever they want to. It's been down more recently, mm-hmm. but I still think that they have the capability of doing that whenever they want. AJ Brown has been absolutely out of his mind this season. Um, You know, it's it's really with Justin Jefferson kind of being on the shelf. It's been Tyree Kill and AJ Brown like making their cases like we're the best wide receivers in football and. Right. Uh, I think why I'm a little bit more worried about this matchup than even Tyreek Hill versus Snead or Justin Jefferson versus Snead or Keenan Allen versus Snead. Like these other matchups that we've seen where those are incredibly talented wide receivers that Legerea Snead has found a lot of success against. He's doing it by being a really physical corner at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And you can't really do that to A.J. Brown. Um, A.J. Brown's just bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic than everyone that he plays against, basically. And i I still assume that Lajarius is going to try to play that type of like physical style against a j Brown, but how it actually matches up. and if he's able to find success doing that, I think is going to be a deciding factor in this game because a j Brown's just that good. Like he it, the same way we talk about Tyree Kill and Justin jefferson, a j Brown is in that ballpark, and physically, like there's just not another wide receiver in the NFL who does everything and puts it all together the same way that a j Brown does. So. I'm going to be paying very close attention to that at the start of the game.
2: Much like Tyree Keele, I just think AJ Brown's one of these players that, you know, you if, if you're not involved with with this player and you look around the league, you're just like, how did a team trade that guy? And I know it worked out for the Chiefs. They were able to win the Super Bowl, but it's also worked out, you know, in the flip side for the Eagles, where he is just one of the best weapons in the NFL. And you almost ask yourself, like, how did Tennessee not figure something out like how were they not able to keep this guy in the building uh, so i know that this is probably the number one matchup that everybody's going to be watching uh legerius need versus aj brown and if he can hold him in check the chiefs are quite obviously going to be in a, a very good position to win john what's your point that you're looking at on defense
1: well it's interesting that uh steve brought that up when that one up because i was thinking uh the biggest issue is going to be stopping Devonte smith and i say this yep. Because uh, Spagnolo made a point of saying that the te- the Eagles really have two uh, big time wide receivers on the team, and they were going to have to pay attention to stopping both of them. I wonder if in this particular game, for the reasons that Steve mentioned, uh, Sneed may go against Smith, and they have some other plan against mm-hmm. um, against. brown Brown. yeah um because they're going to try and focus on stopping both of these guys so to me i'd be interested to see what they do to stop smith either because uh they're going to flip things around for this game you know and maybe bring out uh somebody like joshua williams or um because they've got to stop him just because you know right. it, it, it to me that's going to be an interesting part of this this defensive performance
2: yeah i it, it, i think it does seem like it they're going to try to get sneed on brown but it, it can't happen every time right like sometimes mm-hmm. with subs and just the the calls uh and in that case they're going to hope that trent mcduffie but i i think there is going to be a little bit of mixing and matching uh in that regard i i figured that one of you guys would go uh, legerius sneed versus aj brown and so <laughs> i had a I had something else to watch. I thought this was interesting because we've been ra- raving about just how good the Chiefs' defense has been, um, but they're quietly not so great against the run. They're four point five yard. They're allowing four point five yards per attempt uh, on the ground, and it doesn't help that Nick Bolton won't be in this game. I know that Drew Tranquil has had a nice year and he's been able to fill in for for Bolton, but the Eagles' rushing attack is very dangerous. You know, you have DeAndre, DeAndre Swift at four point five uh, yards per attempt. Uh, Jalen Hurts runs at about three point five. Uh, yards per tent. Some of that is is wrong, just because or or it's a it's it's not true because he's, a lot of these are just the one yard tush push that you're getting a rush yard for. um But I I think that's going to be a key. It's the Chiefs stopping the run because as much as AJ Brown and Steve, as you were saying, is one of these impact wide receivers, one of the better receivers in the NFL. The Chiefs have kind of proven that they can handle the opposing team's best weapon through the air. And I I just wonder, let's say if the Eagles were able to get like a ten point lead early. And then they just start um, grounding and pounding, like uh, similar to what the Broncos were trying to do with with Javante Williams. I just think DeAndre Swift could be this key for the Eagles uh, in this game. We we have seen um, what he's been able to do in a Philadelphia e- uh, uniform, and everything I just said about man, how could the Titans have traded AJ Brown? Just been, by by watching Swift, you you kind of feel the same way about like the Lions trading creating swift and and i know that gibbs has been good for them but then they could have saved the draft pick and, and done something else but uh to me uh deandre swift steve is somebody to, to, to watch in this game
0: yeah and, and i think that is the biggest question mark and that's why like i, I am legitimately worried that nick bolton's not going to be in this game because this is the perfect game for right. nick bolton and like his style of play because the Eagles offensively this season, they're still great They're They they can still put up a ton of points, but they have gotten off to these slower starts. And when you really watch them, like the way they get going is they'll just, they'll just come out and say, we're going to run nine times. Like we're yeah. just going to run back to back to back to back to back until you prove you can stop it. And then that yeah. opens things up downfield. And they start taking the shots to AJ Brown and Devonte Smith and all of that stuff. And That's what's scary about their rushing attack is that they're not afraid to go out there and just run it 12 times on one drive. Like they will do it and they'll commit to it more than virtually any other offense in the NFL until you prove you can stop it. And that's been the chiefs defensively. It's been their one Achilles heel really. And I I think this would be a, a perfect game for Nick Bolton to just showcase what he can do around the line of scrimmage and really try to slow down that rushing attack. But It's also worth mentioning that like Jalen Hurts is a little bit banged up and he hasn't Mm -hmm. been rushing as much, which I think has hurt the effectiveness of their running game. So I don't know if he's going to be 100 percent healthy uh, dealing with the knee injury. That's kind of slowed him a little bit over the last couple of weeks. But that's another thing to monitor. But their rushing attack is definitely scary because they'll just lean into it. And if the Chiefs can't stop it, there's not anything you can do about it.
2: Yeah. And and we have to just quickly talk about the brotherly shove, the tush push, whatever that you want to say, you know, and talking to these guys in the locker room this week, it, the general messaging was almost like we're looking at it as everything in nine, in a sense, like we 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 know that we have to get it to fourth and two. Or they could be on their own twenty-five, and they're picking that up, right? If it's fourth and one, and they're, they're not afraid they it's been so successful that they'll go for it on at any point on the field, fourth and one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, Justin Reed's whole point is like, we got to make sure that it's X and two all game long, which is again an ultimate advantage for the Philadelphia Eagles. They basically play with in like a nine, nine yards where the rest of the league plays in ten, and so I I just think avoiding that situation. um, Preventing them from getting in position to use that play uh, is really the only way to defend against it. And it seems like the Chiefs are very f- focused on first down uh, and second down and just making sure that, that you make it tough. Negative plays will be huge. You know, if you're able to get a negative play and they, they can't even sniff the end one, they're um, going to be in a better position to win.
1: Well, I um, think it's actually X and two, not yeah, X
0: and one. Right, I mean, right.
1: they, they're, none of these tush bushes stop at a yard. They always get two or three yards, even right. if they only need one. And I think if you look at the numbers, I covered this in my newsletter piece this week. Uh Even at, at X and two, they do extremely well. And I, I, I think that's going to be have to part of the be that I would normally say, let me put it this way. I would normally say, I don't care if they can run the ball, because if another yeah. team runs the ball against the Chiefs, they're just opening up the, the door to the Chiefs running all over them, um, scoring a lot more points than they can put up by running the ball all through the game. But in this case because they have the ability to get first down so easily when they're at X and two, uh, Mm -hmm. I think the rushing attack really could hurt them. And and I think Steve's got a good point there.
2: Yeah. So we'll see what happens on the defensive side of the ball. The chiefs defense is as good as it's been in a really long time, but this is one of the taller challenges that they'll face all year. So we'll be watching uh, closely to those three things. All right, let's switch it to the offensive side and John, we'll start with you Uh, when the chiefs have the ball, what are you going to be on?
1: Well, I've already, uh, mentioned the Richie James thing that I was thinking about. And I think uh, Steve's point was really good. You mean, they spent the vibe by week, uh, you know, figuring out a way to put Richie James in the offense. So that my second point about that would be Kadarius Tony. Uh, If we believe that what they've been doing all year is uh, figuring out a way to carefully, slowly work Tony into the offense, you know what? It's time for them to do something now. Yeah. To put him out there on a more consistent basis and see what he can do, and if they're not going to put him out there uh, in a game against the you know the team they played in the Super Bowl last season, well, when are they going to do it? You know, if they're if are they just waiting for the postseason? That seems hard to believe, but I I I would expect them. This would be a game where we might see more of Kadarius Tony if they have in fact been uh, making their plans to do that over the bye week. But I still. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm still wondering about Richie James.
2: <laughs> I don't completely differ, I don't completely disagree with you on on Tony. And it, I, you know, when you play a guy seven snaps, uh, you know, in a game, how can he make any impact? Yeah, you know, yeah. especially at the wide mm-hmm. receiver position. And I think you have a good point. If you if you're not using him against the best possible opponent, when are you going to use him? Now that being said, Jerick McKinnon plays two months a year. Like. He, right. They really start to play him more in, in December, right? He only gets a couple, he's been getting a couple touches here and there. And then it's almost like they um, reveal their secret weapon in December, January. So is it completely implausible to, to think like, okay, they're waiting for Tony for December, similar to McKinnon? I guess. Um, just on that point, and just to extend the, the wide receiver point, I agree with you on Tony. It'd be nice to see some stuff drawn up for him. Before the break, we saw that Rasheed Rice led the room in snaps, and I hope that continues. This isn't my point, but I, I just hope that continues into the second half because you can just see on an all around from an all-around standpoint, trust with the the quarterback, what he can do yards after the catch. He's become a red zone targeted t- touchdown guy for, for Mahomes. He's matched with Travis Kelsey in touchdowns, so I just hope they continue to give uh, Rasheed Rice as much work as possible. Uh, Steve, let's go to your point on offense. What are you looking for?
0: Well, I think a lot of the same things that both of you just mentioned, like Tony, obviously, Rasheed Rice continuing to build on his role. Um, I would really like to see Jarek McKinnon heavily involved in this game because yeah. they they haven't been using him really. And I feel like this is kind of this is the type of game where coming off the bye, especially where Andy Reed would just say like, you're getting all of it. Like I'm putting everything out there tonight. Cause I want to beat the Eagles again. And, and I want to show that we are still the best team in football. But I, I think what this game uh, ultimately is going to come down to for the chiefs offense is just how the Eagles decide to play Travis Kelsey and, you know, A- Andy Reed coming off the buy. Is he going to be scheming things up for Travis Kelsey specifically and, and finding ways to get him involved? Cause you know, Kelsey's coming off of a couple of quieter games by his standards, and I'll be really interested to see how the Eagles try to defend him because uh, it seems like they're going to have veteran cornerback Bradley Roby back in this game. He has been hurt, so he hasn't been available. So they've been starting a couple of rookies in the slot, and that's been the mm-hmm. biggest issue because we know Darius Slay and James Bradbury talented outside corners, but they've had tons of issues in at their slot cornerback spot of this season. So... Ro- Roby better than the rookies that they were playing out there, but he still struggled over the last couple of years too. So I wouldn't be shocked if we saw like the Eagles try to put just safety Kevin Byard in, in there or put yeah. Darius Slayer, James Bradbury in there to try to match up with Kelsey one-on-one to try to give them a more uh, advantageous matchup there. But Andy's got to be planning for things like that. And over the bye, you would think that he has diagnosed some of those things in film. So I think, That's going to be a deciding factor. Like Travis Kelsey, the Eagles have been pretty bad against tight ends this season. Uh, Jake Ferguson just had like 91 yards, a touchdown before the bye against them. So they just got to get him involved. He's got to have a big game tonight, I think, for the Chiefs to win on offense.
2: Yeah, just building on that point on Travis Kelsey, this is an excerpt from uh, our Arrowhead Pride Premier newsletter. If you're interested in, in more content from AP, from all of us, Uh, Over here, go to ArrowheadPride.com slash subscribe. But I'll I'll give you a freebie here, and this is from Brandon Lee Gotten. He covers the Eagles for um, Bleeding Green Nation. And he said, and he agrees with Steve, the biggest concern is that the Eagles might not be able to stop Travis Kelsey. Philly's defense is vulnerable in the middle of the field. Look no further than CeeDee Lamb, who lined up in the slot, and Jake Ferguson going off against the Eagles in Week 9. Lamb had 11 catches for 191 uh, 191 yards um while the Dallas Cowboys tight end Ferguson had seven grabs for ninety one yards and the touchdown. That's a Kelsey those are Kelsey lines. Um and if if you're seeing guys like that um who when you're playing the Cowboys, you're paying attention to C D Lamb. You're paying attention to Ferguson who's emerging here um you know with the Cowboys and they're still able to to damage them in the middle of the field. I, I think by extension to that establishing the run will allow you to, to attack the Eagles in that fashion uh, as well. And so that goes into my point as well. I just want to see them not forget about Isaiah Pacheco, right? We shouldn't look up midway through the second quarter and him have four carries. That's not going to be a recipe for you to win this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. You got to keep them honest when it comes to using the run to open up the pass. And so I am asking Andy, I'm challenging. I'm looking forward to the challenge of asking Andy to at least give Pacheco 7 to 8 carries touches in uh quarter 1 and 2. You know, I I'd love to get to halftime and see that Pacheco touch the ball 10 times because I think if you get that that's usually when the Chiefs offense um is rolling here uh, in, in a sense. All right, let's get to our game predictions uh for tonight. John, we'll go back to you. How do you feel like this game's going to end up?
1: Well, uh as as I said in my prediction on arrowheadpride.com, I I actually thought that, I think I've kind of been going through what Steve has been going through it's been too much time since the last chiefs game uh, mm-hmm. to really to we thought about it way too much earlier in the week i thought oh this is going to be a three-point game i thought it was going to be like the like the point spread but as time has gone on i've become more convinced that this is going to be a defensive statement for the chiefs and they're going to hold uh philadelphia under their normal range of uh, of scoring but we're not going to see a big uh offensive production either because that's just not what they're doing when they have a defense like this. I think I think one of the things we're not getting about the Chiefs is that they're not being very productive on offense because they don't have to be. They've got a really good defense. Yeah. So I'm saying we're looking at a 27-20 game.
2: Wow, 20 points for the Eagles. Uh, Steve, do you agree with that prediction?
0: I'm not that far off from where... John is, and some of this is because I've just flip-flopped and changed my mind a dozen mm-hmm, times yeah. over the last 15 <laughs> days. Um, but I, I do think, and, and it hasn't been talked about enough, and I, I'm sure our friends at Bleeding Green Nation have talked about it a ton, but I don't, I don't think Chiefs fans have talked about it enough. Like, the Eagles have a new offensive coordinator, and right. their offense hasn't been quite the same this year, despite the fact that they're 8-1, and one, and despite the fact that, you know, A.J. Brown's incredible, Jalen Hurts is incredible, Devontae Smith's a great player, like... They're a really talented team. They don't have Dallas Goddard in this game. Uh, I would assume that's going to affect some things a little bit. But at the end of the day, they're still so talented offensively. They can put up points, but it's not quite the powerhouse that it was last year. And same thing goes for the Chiefs. So, like, I don't think we're going to get another repeat of the Super Bowl where there's just offense everywhere Mm -hmm. and they're totally unstoppable. I do agree with John that I think this is going to be more of a defensive game and how both of these units uh, adjust mm-hmm. throughout the contest. And I'm going to come back to the thing that has been the most consistent part of the Chiefs all season. And that's the defense. Like, I, I truly think that all of my questions about how Sneed's going to line up against Le'Jarius Sneed or this pass rush is going to get after Jalen Hurts against that dominant Eagles offensive line. Like, I just think that people are still underrating how excellent the Chiefs defense has been this season. And, and I think this is a statement game for them to say, like, we do truly have the best secondary in football. Like, our defensive line can can go toe-to-toe with any offensive line. And I, I do, at the end of the day, I think that's a statement. I think the offensive adjustments by Andy over the bye will have an impact. And I think the Chiefs will do enough to come out ahead in this game. So I've got them winning 27-24. to 24.
2: No Goddard is a big break for the Chiefs, uh, and you know we should mention that as well. Much like Kansas City, they don't really have any Goddard-like players beyond him in the tight end room, so that allows you to, I think, put more attention onto these wide receivers. And when Goddard is in that mix, it's it's almost like a three-headed monster instead of two. So that's that's a pretty big break, I, I think, for KC. Uh, I think uh, you guys are right uh, to mention defense. You can't mention defense and think that this is going to be a defensive struggle without also mentioning that the weather is supposed to be terrible right like with the rainy and cold uh, i don't think it's it's necessarily going to be one of these high scoring type of games uh, either if uh it was an option to uh not predict a winner in this game uh i would take that i don't know going um but because i cuz i think they just stack up so well like it could be one of these struggles that you see, like who gets the ball, you know, late in the, in the fourth quarter, like maybe the Eagles score with too much time left. And like, you have their fan base really nervous looking at the clock. Same thing with Kansas city, like maybe Kansas city pulls ahead by three or something in the fourth quarter. And you're looking up and you're like, Oh my God, you know, Jalen hurts has, you know, three, four minutes here to, to score and and take the lead back. I, I ended up kind of going along the same lines, both teams in the twenties. I have the chiefs winning 27, 20, 23, but I am not confident uh, about it at all, and I wouldn't be confident if I picked the the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I think they these two teams just stack up really well. They played a hundred times, you know. I, I think both teams are probably winning around the fifty range, uh, and and so yeah. I'm give, I'm giving the edge to Kansas City, just because they're home, um, and I I think with this weather uh, having having an impact, their defense to me is a is a little bit better than the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know if, if it comes down to defense, like you got to go with Kansas City this year. Um, but again, wouldn't be stunned if I'm I'm completely wrong. And the Eagles find a way to do it, even without uh, Dallas Goddard uh, in the mix. But it should be a fun game uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. It's Monday Night Football. If you're not heading, heading out to the game, you can catch it, I believe, on ESPN. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Locally in, in, in KC, if you're heading out there, um, <laughs> stay dry. Um, we will have podcasts coming after um, the game this week. It's going to be a little bit different, I know, because of uh, Thanksgiving. But we'll have the post game podcast tonight. Have the updates for you at ArrowheadPride.com um, right after the game um, into the night. And again, if you're interested in Arrowhead Pride premiere after every game, the morning of we have a newsletter that goes out that explores um, you know different things that are said about this game, turning points, so on and so forth. ArrowheadPride.com slash subscribe if you're interested in that. So, guys, thank you for joining me for Steve Serda and John Dixon. This has been another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's show. Enjoy the game. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all of the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.